but yeah, dude, I feel you, bro. The, the, the fine golf is not a, uh, equitable sport. It's not an accessible sport to everybody. And that's been, this a big hindrance in golf for a very long time. And you'd see that with the tonality of, of the color of golf, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's lacking uh, to say to, I mean, for fuck's sakes, the, the Augusta was a, a white member, white men members only, uh, up until 2004, I want to say. That's wow. wild. I mean, wild. I mean, Cypress Point is in in Pebble Beach is notoriously known for that, right? Like Michael Jordan, Obama. Like there's there's some really high profile African American figures that are in the game of golf that they will not allow. I think the only um, African American member they have is Brian Gumbel. And is he really? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. I was gonna let Jero take the course on that one. But like, uh, yeah. I appreciate that we're all comfortable enough that uh, AB jumped in there with that. <laughs> I don't always want to carry that mantle. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're all comfortable in our own skin yeah. here. We, we know, all know Brian Gumble. Come on, yeah, we get it. So let's <sighs> let's talk about them dubs, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> so john you were out on them about a week ago um during this five game skid on the road it was actually a, we lost what 11 in a row on the road yep. um, before finally getting the dub in houston uh two nights ago i believe um and so i want to start with you sir we're we're gearing up for the playoffs or what two weeks away now three or yeah i think we're nine nine games left Nine games left, so we're about three, about a month away from playoffs starting right now. Um, what, where are you at? Are you still, are you still just down and out about the dubs or what? Yeah, I just, I'm not necessarily down and out. Um, I mean, me and Aaron kind of talked a little bit off air. Like, it's, it just, it just seems like the end, you know, for for the big three in the sense of of Draymond, Clay, and and Curry and. I, I don't think that the Warriors, it's end of their run being successful. I just think what we know for the last 10 years as a Warriors squad is going to be completely different next year, short of Curry and then fill in the rest of the blanks. Um, obviously, but that's, Clay's, this, that's this offseason. What about going into the playoffs? I like, okay, so to get to my point, like, I just think there's just too much going against the Warriors right now for me to even have hope for like even if they make playoffs or a plan like if they make the plan roll the dice like 50 50 on whoever they match up against like i i don't see them being able to go on this this run without certain players right like wiggins being out is crushing the team like that is such a crucial piece on both sides of of the court and curry i mean looks to be in great form but defense on the road constantly lets down like it just gp2 you don't know when he's getting back you know there's just kind of vague answers from kerr in every media interview of well we hope to get him back soon they're they're a crucial piece but it's like you know obviously the wiggins situation is a lot different from the gp2 situation but i just feel like there's too many things going against the warriors right now for me to have any hope of a, a, a of a even a western conference finals run let alone a finals run ab 
Yeah, I think we're seeing the, you know, the the dismantling of of a dynasty. I mean, this is what it looks like in real time, right? And and so what we're seeing is we're seeing those pieces kind of and what's ironic in a certain sense is Clay's actually looking really good. Um yeah. or at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um you know, and Draymond still does his thing. I think really what it is is that it's it's just personnel. And 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 you know we've talked about it a few times where we're the Warriors are trying to do a rebuild and or, or I wouldn't even call it a rebuild, but trying to develop another core mm-hmm. while this old star is dying essentially in you know Clay Draymond and Steph and you have these two conver- converging forces happening where you I I've never seen so much disconnect um, in between the players on the team than I have this year they they don't look like a cohesive unit it looks like two groups three groups of players um and i think that you're seeing that with just some of the mannerisms that you see from some from the vets when some of the younger guys do certain things um you know you see the younger guys trying to make a name for themselves obviously you know but look you know and and you know i love clay to death but bro the four ring shtick thing he's doing it's getting oh my god it's so annoying it's cringy now like it's getting old like enough is enough like you're not you haven't done anything this year so you know like and i i i'm just i i think steph stays i think draymond ends up with the lakers next year is clay's contract up next year no he has has one more year so you'll probably see steph and clay again maybe they restructure clay's contract and and those two guys play it out i don't think draymond comes back um, it's gonna be real interesting. I mean, from a from a sports fan perspective, like out like uh, uh, outside of being a Warriors fan, I'm fascinated to see what happens with this, yeah. uh, and and where they go from here. But okay, let's say they do make the playoffs this year. What are we expecting? Though, if let's say okay, w- the Clippers just lost PG, right? Paul George. Maybe the Warriors get that fifth spot. They're gonna play the Suns in the first round, bro. You're I I don't see them beating the Suns. Well, the five spot they would wait. They would play the the fifth seed, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. If they're the five. They'll play the four. They'll play the four. Right. Okay. They would play the Kings essentially. Kings. Okay. Okay. Um, but honestly, there, there's so much talk too of like, oh, we want to see the Kings out of all these teams, right? Like, what gives you that impression? Like, just because they're young? Like, I honestly think. Yes, I think yes is the answer to that, right? Like it's hard. But but what have they what is what have the Warriors done to prove to you that this team actually can win a series? Like just because they have never lost a series? Like, is that like we're right? We're I feel like as fans, we're resting on the laurels of like, well, they've always gotten it done. They've always shown up, they've always done, but they're not like even in even in seasons, even last year, when like they started out 18 and two or whatever, you know, 17 and three, whatever it was, and then had to kind of tail off and sneak in and went on that run that was so great. But like they were playing well. There was never constant month talk about how bad they're doing on defense, the the nine or the eight and twenty-nine record on the road. Like that was never apparent with the Warriors. It was injuries here, it was, you know, not putting stretches together like it was different scenarios where you could still believe yeah like this team can get it done i truly do not believe that with this team now like when they're up against it on the road they fold every time the only reason you want to see sack is because the road trip is only 75 miles up the road so it's not 
quite a real road trip. So maybe that will get them this <laughs> round. But then once they got to travel to Phoenix or they got to travel to Dallas or wherever, like it, it's, it's, we've seen it. They're 0 and 8 in their last eight games on the road, like in crunch time when it matters. 0 11. Before, before the Rockets. And what's the thing with this Warriors team? Oh, they'll flip the switch. Oh, they'll flip the switch. Oh, they'll flip the switch. Listen, it, you needed to flip the switch and pull the lever the last three weeks. Mm -hmm. and it, it ain't happened. Like, yeah. it's not happening. So I, I, I think that it's so psychologically rooted now in this losing mentality of on the road that I, I just I don't see them. I don't see them making a run. I don't. Can, can we agree, though, like Aaron's point? the four rings thing that they keep doing when you're down 20 like th that's yeah. that's sorry right especially like, when that's... you're getting smacked by the same team twice in two weeks i mean right. yeah we got it i mean i just i do agree that they are resting on their laurels in that sense but i just i will go back and to what we've talked about before i just don't think the west is that strong right now i really don't i don't i don't think it matters where they get bounced if they make it to the finals, I still don't see them beating Milwaukee. I mean, Boston, maybe Celtics, or uh, I'm sorry, Sixers. I mean, I, it's just going to be such a tall ask. And to not have so many players together for so long, GP2 hasn't played yet for the Warriors this season. Uh, the Wiggins thing is weird. The rumors are crazy. We don't know what's going on there. That's, fu uh, that's fucked up. Those rumors are fucked up. Like, regardless of validity to anything that's being said, like, it's it's just crazy to me the people out there willing to get clicks or willing to get noticed off the backs of, like, some dirty, shady-ass shit. And not like that doesn't go around in any vertical in any business or anything, but it's just, like, that. that's such a talking point. Like, I get him being out for 17 games and really seeing that we could use them right now on both sides of the floor, but like drop it. Like the if, entitlement. If the rumors are it. true, it's horrible. If the rumors aren't true, it's horrible. It's, it's right. a terrible thing to have to go through. Um, and I feel for the I'm guy. Not, I'm not quite sure. What, are, what are these rumors? You want to handle this one, John, or you want me to? So allegedly rumors, um, there's no factual basis off of anything yet. Um, but apparently one or two of, of, uh, Andrew Wiggins kids and his wife aren't his is what the rumor is. The he found out that the kids aren't his and they're, uh, and they're like 10 his best friends. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. This, this is unsubstantiated. Like that's there's, there's no, there's no validity, val validity to it. Like yeah. it's just some sort of rumor started right like and even draymond green went on his podcast last night and talked about it and said and which I, I i thought it was a little fucked up on his part like to even bring up the i mean he talks about oh if it's your kid or not and but and it's like why even bring that up like all you have to say is it's none of my business it's none of y'all's business like leave it at that stop attacking my teammate end of question i'm not even going to answer that kind of shit i'm not even going to talk about that kind of shit like just the fact that he went on that platform a day before this game and said that shit it kind of tells me a little bit that the locker room is divided in that sense too where it's like all right like it's 
everyone is affected by grief and and problems in their life differently. I understand that, but at the same time, I'm I'm sure that that locker room is like, all right, like let's let's get back to this. Like we we really need you to make this run. Well, when it comes to just where we are at as a society now, right? Like um, attention seems to be the most important currency, and that that applies to these NBA players as well. And I think that so much of Draymond Steez is keep it real. I keep, I keep it real all the time. Did the Warriors just get the win on the road? 127-125. All right. Good. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but I think, I think in this rush to get attention and again, to who the, the, um, the character of Draymond has always been, I keep it real. No matter what, I keep it real, you know? And I, I agree. Yeah, you didn't have to say anything about this. Um, and by saying something to about it actually adds a little validity when you're saying that um, he was essentially saying, you know, whether it is or isn't, you know, like, you know, leave the guy alone or whatever. I think that is adding some credibility and not taking the spotlight off this situation. And I agree with you, John, there's a much better way to handle it. I'm, and I'm curious over the coming years, how more prevalent that'll become. I think that is an interesting plot line as everyone and their mother has a podcast now. Um, and all these players have the podcast and the way you get more people to pay attention is you go and say something, right? You go and say something controversial, right? And so I think, I do think that's interesting, and I agree. There's something that has been off with this team the entire season, um, but I just I I have to see him killed before I'm ready to wave the white flag. I again, I don't think they're winning the championship this year. I don't think they're coming out of the West, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they did. I'd be surprised for sure because of their road record specifically and their defense mainly. Their defense has been so bad most nights and one thing we don't see anymore with these guys is when they're down 12 we see those 26 to 2 runs we just haven't seen a lot of that this season um and so yeah i agree with you boys like i i think it is it's probably not going to end well this season and we are seeing this dynasty come to an end going into the off season but i just i look at the west and i'm like Okay, we saw a healthy KD for three games, and the Suns look scary. Since he went out, they haven't looked nearly as good, and we have no idea how KD is going to come back, right? Like Memphis, yeah, that scares me. John Morant was coming off the bench tonight, or is planning to. I, I don't know if they played yet, um, but he's planning on coming off the bench tonight. So they're obviously getting job back, which is so weird. It was just like, this is a giant story. What's wrong with Ja? And now he's back, but... Um, I think it's going to be really tough. I don't see him coming out of the West, but I don't think all hope is lost that they could put a series or two together. Um, it just sucks because they're going to have, they're only going to get three games versus four games at home. So that's going to be tough for them. So they're, they're up four right now with a minute and a half left. The Grizzly are jaw has 22 minutes and 17 points. Yeah. Jaw's a problem. Yeah, the internet's a wild place, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, John Morant was, like, the talk of the town a week and a half ago, and it's like, oh, that's over. New cycle done. Like, time to move on. On to the next thing. It's like, 
Yeah, it's just crazy. Like I just saw a video of Takashi Six Nine getting his ass beat at the gym. Yeah. yeah, was that was that real? Yeah, at like an LA Fitness. Yeah, dude, stomped out in the bathroom. Yeah, like bro, like it's just crazy, dude. Like I, I, I sometimes I'm on the internet and I'm like, what is this place, man? <laughs> wild, wild west out here, dude. Like, it's like and when you're on Twitter for twenty minutes and you find yourself like on the wrong, scrolling yeah. on the wrong person, and you're like, oh, oh no, I don't want to be here. Or your entire like value system changes off of like going down a rabbit hole. You're like, oh wait, wait, I I believe no. Why? What? What? And then you're just and that's the thing. Like with the Wiggins rumor, it's like someone literally just leaked that out into the ether, and then it catches legs, and it's like now we have to talk about it. Right, right. Oh, and no. that's just where we're at. That's just where we're at. We have to talk about it now. It's so crazy to me. Like we can't, yeah, I don't know. It, it is every point you bring up is really valid. I do think it's really interesting how the news cycle moves. Um, Jock came out and addressed the situation, whether you liked it or didn't, he did actually address it, went and sought help. Um, according to reports down in Florida, uh, went to some, some, I don't, I don't remember if it was some type of rehab, but he said it wasn't alcohol related. I don't know. It but, was considered counseling. Okay. So either way. Um, yeah. He goes down to Florida for rehab, and Florida just happens to have the most strip clubs per capita in the entire country. No one actually did their due diligence. Rehab is just <laughs> actually another like another strip club name, That's like in funny. Miami. Sending <laughs> down to Tampa. <laughs> That's a great point. That is a great point. Shady Tampa. <laughs> oh man, we live in strange times. Let's stay uh let's stay with hoops and talk about something less depressing. Maybe equally. How's everyone's brackets doing? We doing okay, boys? I'm actually doing pretty hey, well. Hey, John. I'm actually doing I think uh last time I checked, I am leading my pool. Let me uh let I will I have you are Go ahead and filibuster while I look up these you uh, are numbers here. Pool and you have the most possible points still available. I, am I have in, my entire elite elite eight still available. I am in eighth tied for eighth place, but I have the second most points available to me. So if John loses, if 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 Texas loses. I have That's a real shot. I have a real shot at winning this thing. It's all about Texas Houston game. And I'm yeah. really yeah. hoping that Houston can get upset in their next round. Yeah. Which... So if Houston if Houston I have Houston, Alabama in the finals. John has is in first. I think your possible points. And I have Texas, Tennessee. So okay. we yeah. both have the That's Houston... who you had in the finals. Me too. And it's I have just Texas and Tennessee. I don't feel good about it. I don't. I don't. Even though they look really good. They both look those yeah, teams Houston look like looks they're playing awesome, really well. Though. But Houston has come has like I don't know they didn't look great in their opener they were down at halftime like I mean they ended up winning by sixteen but like they're they're just one of those teams that is I mean probably four out of their starting five are built for the NBA right now you know what I mean like they're Houston, the one thing with Houston is they're the only team in the tournament in my opinion that can go all right you're not scoring anymore and just right. lock it down. Like, but I will, I will yeah. say on, uh, I use a little insider stuff at, uh, at work. We had, uh, the infamous Kim Palm 
Kim Pomeroy on the show and he like does every statistical analysis breakdown for brackets. He's like the go-to nerd for bracketology. And uh, we asked him and it was one of my questions. I was like, Hey, what, like, who's your sleeper in this? Like no one's really considering right now. And the two teams he gave me were San Diego state and Creighton. And so Uh, I literally went back to look at my bracket and I had Creighton losing like maybe I think I got him through the first round, but losing in the second round, I have him going to the elite eight and they look good. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so I think in the rundown, one of the questions was what is our, your surprise team in the sweet 16? Uh, yeah. Like since now, like since we're coming into the sweet 16, what, what's, what's that big, like, I feel like obviously fairly Dickinson was going to be that if they could get, a, if they could have passed on from, from FAU, but who, who's your guys's current, surprise i i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say san diego state um they're notorious for being kind of the darlings of the tournament everyone always seems to like like san diego state likes to see them make a deep run they never really get to get past never really even get to the sweet 16 um this is the first year where their defense is not or it's elite but their offense is not so far behind that if their defense, you know, struggles that their offense isn't can't pick up the slack, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. So who do they have? They have they play Alabama, Alabama. So that's going to be a tough one, right? But but there's think, a lot of people that have picked them to upset Alabama. Yeah. So I, you know, San Diego State, obviously Princeton. That's wild, <laughs> right? That's Bunch of white boys who play uh, 1954 basketball. It's just such a different style, Princeton style offense. Princeton, yeah. It's literally yeah. named after them, and, yeah. and it's just like you can tell. You can see these teams that play high level D one basketball; their minds melt. They're like, oh, you can see them freeze up. They don't know what they're looking at. It's <laughs> a classic like, zig when everyone else is zagging. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of our one of our buddies, uh, one of our buddies said, like when they were gonna who'd they upset to begin with? Arizona or not Arizona? Yeah, yeah, Arizona. Was it Arizona? Yeah, U of A. And they were like going back and forth towards the end of the game, and we were texting. And he was like, "Yeah, man, if they lose this game, I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do with their lives, man. I don't think they can ever catch a break." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, of course, dude. These guys, like, I'm surprised they're going this deep. Like, their mind should be on like their MBA thesis, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, Princeton is definitely shocking. Um, I got to imagine playing a team that's running an offense like that. You are just so confused. Like, what, what, what are we doing? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> are you guys still playing, uh, playing that style of offense they played when the footage was grainy? Like, we, how do we, how do we prep for this? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we- and, and you have obviously very intelligent young men, right? So, they're or well connected or well connected one of the two i mean i want to believe that princeton never forget that george w bush went to yale dude this is true the touche great point i don't oh, have any on. argument from here on like out. some some of those dudes like my my cousin shout out thomas winberry uh grad from princeton went out of northern california and got a scholarship that's that's one of the smart ones not like you know luke cafferty that you know has yeah, ne- political ties right nepotism is a real thing yeah for sure 
Um, I would say I would say my surprise, and it's not because they're a really low seed or anything like that, but UConn. Like they've been they've been kind of top 10, top 15 all year, have had good runs, have gotten above the top 10, and have really good deep, you know, really well coached team, but they've been in a really tough bracket. They've gotten some good wins. And I think, I mean, obviously they have Gonzaga and UCLA playing against them. Whoever wins that, they have to face. But you're kind of stoked that Gonzaga and UCLA have to knock each other off, right? Like you only have to go through one of them in that bracket. I I could see them squeaking into an Elite Eight, maybe even a Final Four. You know who I think is quietly... I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Put it on record. I mean, we're recording. I... I, I... I think I think that UCLA is actually a team that looks extremely balanced. They have the seniors, they've got the experience, they've got the a lot of people are calling Cronin the best coach in the country right now. He freaks me out. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he seems like a germaphobe, you know, like he's constantly washing his hands or like he's like the type of coach when you're like come off the bench or like great game coach or whatever, you go to like give him a handshake. He's like, No, no, I don't. I don't touch hands. I mean, Jaime Hawkes has been playing out of his mind. Tiger Campbell's a beast. Like I, I, I actually one of their good, really good players, like Terry's Achilles or hurt his ankle or something like that. Isn't one of their players out? That's why I didn't have him in my bracket going super far. I have Gonzaga beating them. Yeah, they look good. That's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, Drew Timmy, dude. To that. Drew Timmy is Drew Timmy thirty six. Like that guy's dude, he been looks, in Gonzaga forever. Like, he looks like the local bar right at the very end of the corner always yep. there talking yep. to the, you think he's talking to the bartender but really he's just talking to himself drew timmy is the type of guy that like if your team's playing against him you 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 just hate his face yeah yeah punchable face for sure like just hate his face like either this guy this guy that does not look like he should be doing what he's doing is absolutely putting your team to the shed and you just don't understand it and it's that guy with that mustache and that headband it's the uh. worst Drew Timmy looks like he has the same jean jacket that he's had for the last 12 years, and that's the only jacket you'll ever catch him in. And it has like a Planet Hollywood patch on it. <laughs> got a little sheep, the, the sheepskin flip down. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, 100%. You have to. Yeah. The guy definitely wears a wicker belt. <laughs> yeah, jeans and flip-flops for that for guy. Sure. Uh, should we take a trip back to the Bay real quick and talk about our Niners offseason, or we want to keep it pushing? Let's do it. I mean, there were some good free agency moves. We haven't talked about it yet. Uh, Sam Darnold, what are you feeling? All right. get the. I mean, you guys are Niner fans. I can see the Niner emblem behind your head right now. How are we feeling about Sam Darnold? He could potentially be your starter. He's a great third string quarterback. I don't know what the you really block. think. You really think they're bringing him? In. You you think he is okay with being a third string quarterback? No, but that's what he is. Yes. Yeah. Dude, did you watch him play the last couple of years? Like, yeah, he's, he's been. I mean, terrible. did you hear? Did you hear Ben Roethlisberger uh, talk about um, talk about being contacted by the 49ers last season? Did did he did they really? They 49ers reached out to Ben Roethlisberger to see if he had any interest of coming out of retirement. Yeah, do your due diligence. Yeah, you have to. Josh Johnson play finished an NFC championship game for you us. You think they season. were bringing Ben Roethlisberger in to be a Josh Johnson? I don't no. think they were bringing him in to start. 
that my question is is when was that call made yeah that right. is a great question that's the question that is, that is not that is not addressed that's not addressed if if purdy is if they're calling in week 14 15 and purdy's been playing the way he's playing then okay maybe i have some questions but if yeah, they're calling, or, or calling the week of jimmy garoppolo going down that, that makes yeah, sense yeah makes sense. like and i'm sorry but sam darnold is coming in there to essentially be a like he's our third string he's quarterback. Your best quarterback he's our third string quarterback he's your best quarterback trey lance will get the get the go ahead the first couple games purdy yep. will come back yep that's how i see it i mean i, I, I i'm in i'm totally aligned with you here bro yeah, yeah i i don't see this being anything more than uh second to third string quarterback i just don't you I got it I think the what, farthest thing you could see is him starting the season and then Purdy coming back and taking back over if Lance really isn't up to speed. I mean, Purdy Purdy will be ready for the start of the season. Well, he's so not even going to be able to throw a football until June, so we have no idea if he's going to have any setbacks there or what. So, you know, we got a while. We we got a while. Um, I mean, there who, was other moves. A lot of your defense is shaking up. That's what Some I was going to say. Some who, for the worse. For for you, AB, who are you going to miss that left? Who are you going to miss the most? Yeah, so I, to be honest, it's it's Al Shire. Yeah, I just think he he gave us something as a linebacker. He was able to take some pressure off of Warner, yep. um, and Greenlaw. He he played admirably when Greenlaw was down. Yep. I thought he was. One of those just guys that was developing in our system real nicely and and was going to be somebody that we could rely on and he's not probably not the i know some people would probably go jimmy ward or and and also samson ebukam like i liked the, what he did a lot last year yeah. and we need help on the defensive line and it looks like we've lost three defensive linemen so or two defensive linemen in a in a linebacker outside linebacker so i Al Shear's the one that that I think from a talent standpoint and from just a, a need standpoint, but Ebukam is 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 close for me. Yeah, I I think uh, Al Shear too, but Jimmy Ward just from um, just from a fan's perspective, him being a first round draft pick, going through all the ups and downs with the injuries. To He's really, been with the Niners since 2014. Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> was he the longest tenured Niner last year? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I have yeah. no clue. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But he was 2014. Yeah. yeah well, so, go ahead. What's wild is that 2014 is a long time ago. Yeah. No shit, dude. It like, doesn't feel. It doesn't seem like it should be that long ago. That's what I'm saying, dude. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I don't know what the fuck is up with hitting your 30s, but time moves really weird and. I, for one, am not here for it. I don't like it one bit. Um, all right, well, what do you think about the hard grade pickup? I mean, he's going to be a – he's a beast. He's a problem. Put him on that defensive line. I mean – Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at all of the – you know, if you look at all this, the underlying metrics and, and everything, he's <clears throat> he's right there with he's – right, he's in that tier below Bosa and Donald, you know. Um, so now you get hard grade and – and Bosa on the same line, I think it's going to be a problem. And I think, but he's it, interior though, isn't he? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, you get him on the same line, and you have now you have uh, an interior presence that we haven't had. And Armstead, yeah. if he can, 
he is so he's so, he's so baffling to me. It's like you are <laughs> yeah. a mountain of a human being, and how are you not just ragdolling people? I don't understand it. Like, it, it, I don't know what it, he needs to. Someone needs to get in his ass and and really fire him up because I he he plays Whoa. passive to me. Um, I like Hargraves. I think that's you know. I mean, he he's we saw what he was capable of <laughs> against us in the championship game, right? And yeah. so. I, I will say, if anything, you know, you can think what you want about Lynch and about Shanahan. The one thing is, is John Lynch is a GM that you want to have. He's always going to be making moves. He's always trying to improve the team. He's not doing it in the same way that, like, um, Les Snead did, or is do, does with the Rams, where he leveraged the entire, you know, future for a one Super Bowl. Like, there's some staying power with these t players and these teams, uh, and this team. Um so I like it. There still needs more work. More work needs to be done. We need filler players. We need to get some depth because that's the one thing that we don't have on that defensive line is depth. Um, but yeah, I mean, you went out and you got a top three free agent on the market and at a position that we need. So I think that's good business. Yeah, I mean, the uh, Kelsey Brothers podcast, New Heights, they were on there today talking about that acquisition. And both of them were like, Jesus Christ, like how does this team keep getting better each year? Like, that defense is already tough. And and Jason Jason Kelsey, you know, uh paraphrasing, of course, he talks about Hargrave and it's the toughest uh block he's ever had in his life. Like it's this guy is a complete machine, has every inside outside skill. Um, so I, I think it works to Armstead's advantage because yeah. now they're gonna be keen on those two guys, and Armstead is gonna have the weak defender. And I think Armstead is an above average player, but can be exposed for certain things, being out of position, those kind of things. I think with so many people going to be looking at Bosa and Hargrave, Armstead's going to have a free run. That secondary is what I'm I'm more questionable about, I would say. Because you you lose Emmanuel Mosley, you move you lose Jimmy Ward, and you leave yourself with Lin Lenore and yes. uh Char I mean obviously Charter Char 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 Thank you. Uh Ward is gonna be a so shutdown Lenore, guy. Lenore, Lenore Lenore to me is still a question mark. Like yeah. I, I would have I would have tried to bring back Emmanuel Mosley. I would have tried to Jimmy Ward obviously I think is is maybe too high at a price point of what he wants. So you let him go, but I mean they, they do have 87 picks in this draft coming up, so Maybe potentially they can go out and get a a cornerback from from some school that no one's ever heard of and and bring him up. You know, I actually think Lenore got a bad rap because he had a few plays that were on spotlight where he got toasted. He had a he had a good playoffs, which, which is when it which is when it matters. But his his regular season was pretty bad, dude. It was I mean, pretty bad, like constantly being exposed. He like, had he had some moments for sure. Yeah, the secondary's always been the Achilles heel of the, of these Niners defenses. So yeah. they know how to patch that up and and I'll tell you what makes oh, that's it, Ronnie Lott. Well, I'll tell you what makes the secondary a lot better is when you have Nick Bosa, Javon Hargraves, Eric Armstead and those guys taking a second off of the yeah. quarterback's play clock. And when you if you can get pressure on the quarterback, you're going to make your that why do you think Darius Slay and those guys look so freaking good in Philly? It's cuz they had guys that were absolutely wrecking the pocket within two to three seconds. Like, you know, and so I, I, I think that, that 
I think Shanahan and, and Lynch are trying to replicate that. I will know? say Mike McGlinchey. 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 Uh, he's fine. Broncos, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's good to leave. <laughs> that was the most Broncos, dude. <laughs> yeah, was, you know, there's yeah. a lot to worry about. But, hey. Have fun with that. Power rankings just came out. ESPN Power Rankings just came out. They got Broncos at 30. <laughs> love being an underdog oh my god love it i did want to say one last point about this niners offseason um we still go in with the same questions and the same potential issues that we've had this is a team who's been a back-to-back -back nfc championships a super bowl two years before that and the issue has always been at the quarterback position and we have no idea what we're going into this season as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback and how are they going to play? We have no idea. And I think until that's addressed and you're going in, I mean, the roster's full. Essentially, they'll probably bring in one other vet, you know, to compete or draft someone in the seventh round again to at least compete for a job in training camp. But you sign Sam Darnold, you got these other two, you got, you have to see what Trey Lance has at some point. Um, and Brock Purdy played well to end the season. So, but we still don't know what those guys are. We don't have enough reps of either one of those guys to know what we're going into next season with. And we're in the same spot, the defense and you know, the secondary may be a little weaker, but Overall, that defense probably going to be number one or number two again. At offense, you have weapons at every position, but what do you have you okay, know, underneath center? Here. Hypo hypothetical here. Niners. Love me a good hypothetical. Package, Trey Lance, and a boatload of picks to the Ravens. I'm in. 100%. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're not going to go for longevity, right? Because all these, all these, um, skill position players that are ballers, you're going to have to pay, but does that automatically make you a Super Bowl contender? If Lamar's healthy, I mean, Ayuk I think is so. about to be up for contract. You have to pay Bosa. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't build for the future if you're going to bring in Lamar, but if you want, if you want to do it Ram style and get that, finally get that quest for six and get the six um that's your quickest path to doing it and we don't know trey trey lance could come out this season after resting and just rehabbing most of all last season a good off season and look incredible brock purdy could come back and look incredible we have no idea um but and i just don't think the niners are going to do it i don't i don't see him doing it do you no i don't no. i i think that they value position players and depth way too much. And I think that that not I to mention their quarterbacks combined cost them like 10 million. This that's year. what I'm saying. I think that they really value the flexibility yeah. that these rookie contracts are giving them with, with Lance and Purdy. And I think that, you know, I think that they think they have something and they wouldn't have drafted Lance and given up everything they gotten if they didn't think that he was something. And I, and, and I will say, I did like what I saw when he played. Like I, everyone, kind of you didn't. I mean, I thought he looked good in that Bears game, even in the mud. Even in the mud, he made some great he throws. Look, he looked okay. The only game I'll give him is that Texans game, where he came out kind of flat in that first half, and then the second half he had like two eighty and a couple touchdowns and looked like he commanded offense. But then he came out last season. I mean, what he got hurt in 
week two. Week, week two against Seattle. Yeah. Week two. Like that first game, again, maybe first game jitters, whatever it may be, but didn't didn't wow me for a number three pick that you leveraged part of your franchise with. Well, in the first game they played in a fucking monsoon. So like yeah, let's... And, what, and what top end draft pick has wowed you in their third game? Yeah. Andrew Luck. Okay. And he's the Deshaun Watson. And Andrew Luck is arguably Joe the Burrow draft pick to come out of the drafts is Peyton Manning. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've just named off three more for Joe, you. Joe Burrow took some Joe time. Joe Burrow. Deshaun Watson took some time. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They took time. Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Yeah. Joe Burrow didn't. Joe Burrow started. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Four. Four. I just don't I don't know who they're I mean I just no there's I don't no think one else to go get any, I think you already I, got him you got him in Sam Darnold and I think it's gonna be hilarious to watch Niner fans talk themselves in to Sam Darnold that's never going to happen with this guy over here five, I know everything I know I need to know is Sam Darnold he's not the answer um if, if your both defensive quarterbacks coordinator Steve Wilkes that was just hired the interim head coach for the Panthers Brought him over. He saw something. He told Kyle. Yeah, he's he a California may be, boy. They they want to groom him. Maybe Kyle, he, Kyle maybe is he's that a guy great, where he thinks he can just groom someone to be the next Peyton Manning. Kyle yeah, like, but they also Kyle made a call to Ben Roethlisberger last year. So I don't think it's all that serious. I yeah. don't think he's going. He's only going to start due to injury. He's not going to into the season as the starter unless unless Trey is Flip it. That bad in the offseason or in training camp, unless Brock Purdy is injured, there's no chance. And I just, I don't see, I, there's, I, <laughs> the more you say it, the more you believe me. me. No, I don't. I do not see it happening. I do not see it happening. And you will not see me talk myself into Sam Donald. We know what he is, dude. We know what he is. And we, we don't know what we have in the Trey Jets, or Brock. the Jets came out on record and said, we didn't know what we were doing at the time. We really wasted him. He, okay, he had some good right. flashes in let's Carolina. He had some good flashes in Carolina. I don't, I don't be racist, but let's do this. Name all the great ginger quarterbacks. I'll wait. Boomer Esiason. He was strawberry blonde. <laughs> okay, now we're splitting airs. Also, also, and you're going to tell me that I have to value or take what the jets say as gospel they drafted zach wilson yeah yeah well now like, they're about to get aaron Rodgers. right and so they like yeah they're a real top end club at evaluating quarterbacks for sure <laughs> yeah but to come out on record and tell everyone else to the media and say that you just because your team up, just because your team traded for a washed up qb washed up listen to you you would you would grovel at the fact if you had a Russell Wilson on your squad. At you would have three Super Russell Bowls Wilson? by now. You would have three Super This no, no, no. You're going off this one version. season. Off his this. 11 seasons in the NFL, you're going off one season. Shame on you. Come on, man. Shame on you, man. I wouldn't have taken him the season before either. Shame on you. He talks about Niners fans like we're delusional, and he's over here, you know, Dude, you haven't once you haven't won anything since you were five years old. Chill out. Come at what? me like that. <laughs> we what? won less than 10 years ago. You could argue that the Niners are like the Dodgers. 
in that we're always extremely talented, heavily favored, always make a deep run, and we just don't win. Yeah, but I feel like the Dodgers don't win with a full squad. The Niners, there's always a key piece out for some reason. There's always, yeah, we're, whether we're, it be a quarterback, whether it be your tight end, what, whatever it is, like there's always someone out that you're like, okay, one one hand tied. No, you're 100% right. I've, I've never seen a team more injury cursed in my life oh, when it matters. It's so brutal. Uh, do you guys want to talk golf so we can stop talking about this? This is depressing me talking about quarterbacks. Before we do that, actually, we'll say I am tired of non-Niners fans talking to me about Trey, what Trey Lance and what Brock Purdy are or aren't. No one fucking knows. The front office doesn't know. We don't know. And certainly people who don't watch the team week in and week out. They don't know either. And I'm telling you, AB, I hear it from, I have one particular friend who's a fucking Rams fan, but he always wants to talk to me about how good Jimmy G is and that he doesn't get enough credit. And it's just like, bro, I watch the games. I know what his record is. I know his win-loss record. I get it. I get it. He's not a good quarterback. He's not terrible, but he's not good. He. It's just. It's just like it was reminiscent of Alex Smith. Right. When we brought in cap and everyone's like, well, Alex Smith is a really good quarterback. He's been solid. It's like, yeah, but he is limited. He is a great game manager, but he is limited. Jimmy G, same thing. He's he's a smart quarterback for the most part, but he's limited. And he threw an interception with his eyes closed in the Super Bowl. (laughs) I just get so tired of hearing it from people about what these two other guys are and how great Jimmy G was. It's like, yeah, it's like when, uh, it's like when people tell other people how to raise their kids, right? It's like, listen, dude, like I appreciate your opinion, but I've had to watch this, this, I I am watching every snap. Like I know, I know what I'm looking at and Jimmy G was not the answer. And I know for damn sure, Sam Darnold's not the answer. Right. I did see with Brock Purdy is a very, very possible answer. Ballsy. He was ballsy. Yeah. The least. Anyways, let's get on to uh to golf. You called it Scotty Scheffler. I should have bet on him. I'm so mad I didn't bet on him in the players' championship. I'm so fucking mad. Or was that Val uh Valspar? I said Scheffler for no players. Valspar just happened, but Scott, yeah, this is you know the I, who won the Valspar? It wasn't Jordan Spieth, was it? No, it was uh um, Thomas uh they went to a playoff right well it doesn't matter whatever Jordan Spieth meltdown yet again yeah he hit it into the water on what 16 yeah yeah Yeah, I was I was watching (laughs) isn't that crazy I was watching you guys no way (laughs) yeah Taylor Moore won he he Taylor Moore there it is he got into the clubhouse at 10 under and it was Spieth and another guy who was Trying Fleetwood to win was up there, I think. Fleetwood was up there too. There was another guy who was trying to win for the first time. Um, and I believe Moore was selling insurance. Um, or maybe that was the other guy. One of the three guys that was competing um and that was up there had given up golf, was selling insurance, and decided to come back and give it a run and he was making a push and he was right there at 10 under i think i think he was the other second place finish tied with with speed i love the valspar it's a gnarly golf course 
It's called Innisbrook down in Florida. The winds get whipping. The the it's Poana and um, Kakuya grass, and so it and so it um, it dries out really easily and gets really sticky. And um, it's just interesting to watch these guys battle different conditions when you're watching them putt on brown greens. Um, yeah, it's uh. Uh, what? You fucking nerd. I cannot believe you just named the two types of grass it is. I love it. I really do love it. But you are a nerd, my friend. Oh, my God. What a golf nerd. <laughs> you had me at dry and sticky, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but what did yep. I tell you about the players? I said it's going to be the most wildest, variable-driven. Yep. Yeah. Shit happens all over the place. Like Pete Dye is a master at messing with people. And everyone thinks 17 is is the hole that trips everybody up. That tee shot on 18 is savage. Yeah. Absolutely savage. Like either you have to commit to hit a fade over the water, which is scary enough, or you have to draw the ball perfect. And I believe the fairway is no more than like 35, 40 yards wide. Like that's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. It's when ridiculous. You, and you saw it. You saw so many people – you see that, have that cut and it, it would just go straight into the and then you have like just beds of pine needles yeah like trying to hit off of pine needles like lord help you yeah i have a um continuing in our tradition now of Jero's golf confessions i have a new golf confession i wanted to share with you boys yes so recently a good friend of mine aaron isamaki um joined our radio show this week and she mentioned uh how much fun it was to watch the live golf tournament and i went back and i watched it and i liked it i liked it a lot have you guys watched any live golf tournaments yet i have not um it's just it's a different pace of play overall the way it's one, when you win, you get a champagne shower, which is fucking dope. Like like NASCAR? Like NASCAR, like F1. Or you Formula get One, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's And there's teams. It's individual and teams. So that adds a whole new component to it. I just kind of like it. I, I just, I, it's something so different. And yeah, I don't love, you know, the Saudi money and all that, but I got to tell you going back and watching it, I did think it made for a pretty entertaining product. Well, speaking to that, they have the match play coming up this week in the PGA, which is a different wrinkle, but I agree with you. And I, and, and I have mentioned this before on the pod is that the PGA needs to embrace different formats Yes, and they need to embrace different, you know, shaking it up and having different, I mean, the waste management is a great example of what a different tournament can look like where you yeah. embrace the chaos, you embrace the noise, you embrace like the fan experience to the, to the 10th degree. And, and now it's become one of the, you know, awesome, awesome tournaments. You know, the Valspar has this stupid tradition where you can put whatever name on the back of the caddies Jersey or whatever. Like I like the fact that they're trying that, but like do something more. I, I want to see more, variables in the game or different styles different formats and i think you know live is uh obviously not going anywhere they spent a bunch of money on these guys and you know did anybody see what um who was it it was uh they came out and said something about camp smith no was that Vic uh zalatoris zalatoris is like i'm one of the best young players in the game like what like he was I offered like 140 million to join yeah. live 
and he's like, I'm one of the best young players in the game. And like my reputation and, and, and prestige is what I play for. And that only happens here on the PGA and I'm not Cam Smith. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro. All right. Like, uh, you know, and, and I, I actually like it. It's like, Hey, throw shots, dude. Like call it out. Like be proud of the PGA. Like yeah. that's, you know, be about it. Like, I think it makes it more entertaining. And I, like I've said before, competition leads to innovation. I, I don't know how long live will be around, but right now I do think it's good for the game of golf as a whole. I think it, it creates this new interest, this new rivalry. Um, and again, I don't love the background of it. I don't love the sports washing of, or, you know what I mean? Of, um, some of the, the atrocities of the Saudi nation. But again, at the end of the day, like we're you all... You have an iPhone. I, we have an iPhone. We're all hypocrites in our own way, right? Um, and listen, if we didn't, if we didn't watch uh, or, or if everything was morals when it came to sports, right? Like half these dudes we wouldn't root for. Half these teams sure. we'd have problems with, right? If we started diving deep into the backgrounds. And that's not to justify any of what live is about i'm just saying the product itself fairly entertaining i liked the um the experience of watching it so that's it that's my that's my golf confession of this week uh stick around come back next week y'all we're gonna have another the Juro's golf confessions because it's happening man it's it's like that girl that grew up with me that i never liked and then i found myself late in life she got her things. braces off yeah, some things didn't work out for me. She's doing pretty well for herself. She's been going to yoga. And now I'm like, shit, is this happening? Am I falling for this? No, no, no. And it's just, it's it's creeping up on me. I mean, tell me that on a Sunday, the day of rest, that sitting on your couch with either a beer, if you like to partake in the green stuff, feet up, and the nice, mellow sounds of a PGA Tour event on the television, it's like pretty peaceful. I think uh, I think Jim Nance on a Sunday is my favorite uh, background noise as I take a nap. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I would say Crook uh, and Kipe are a close second. Ooh, for sure, uh, for sure. The only reason they're not is because you know. We could be down five runs and all of a sudden I hear them getting excited and then I get excited and then I want to wake up. Um, so that's why Jim Nance would probably be number one. Uh, Hello, what's that? Hello, Hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> that's coming up here soon, man. I can't wait for that. Hey, does Jim Nance still give his tie away during the final four? I am not sure about that, but that's pretty amazing. I think, I think this is his last run. Yeah, it is. It is. How okay? How about that Kevin Harlan call? Oh, oh, Furman. We didn't even talk oh about Furman. Did we just see what I think we saw? <laughs> you can tell Van Gundy either had some money on the game or something because he was not stoked. <laughs> he was like, he's sitting in between the two guys, and Carlin's freaking out, and Van Gundy, <laughs> Van Gundy's like, dude, what is going on right now? Uh, that was all time though. That was a, that was one of the best calls ever that yes. was so he's 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 becoming i mean he's iconic for the steph call but he really is kind of becoming a new iconic play-by-play -play guy 
Would you not agree? Oh no, I totally agree. I've been. A, I feel I've like he's a, already there. Yeah, yeah I've been a giant there, fan yeah. of his for years. He was the one who called the squirrel on the field. He called the cat on the field. Um, the dude is amazing, and uh, every interview I've heard with him, he's just got an incredible sense of humor. So, um, and that goes a long way with your boy. Um, so, uh, all right, give me your best. Give me your best. Uh, your favorite play-by-play guy, then. Right now and all time. Jesus. I'm gonna go with Vern Lundquist. Okay. I'm gonna, college, uh, call you know the granddaddy yeah. of them all. Yeah. So this is blasphemy. But Vince Scully. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, it's hard to go against. I can't even say John Miller. I love John Miller. Uh, I love John Miller. I love John John Miller today. Vince Scully though, like when you listen. If you listen to those old old Dodger calls, or if like I would be down in Incredible. Southern California into Dodger game, Dodger yeah. Giants. I mean, the guy, his timing. If there was almost something majestic about the way he called a game, like people have said this, and it's and people have said this before, but like he'd be telling a story, and it would almost be like he wasn't quite finished yet, and and a foul ball would come because it knew that Vin was on a run and needed to finish his story. You know, he was the best, dude. He yeah, was the best. I agree. John Miller close second. Uh, I got to give an uh, honorable mention and a salute to my guy, Brent Musburger, um, who made um, at a young age, I got fascinated with gambling. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. I just thought I've seen some of the adults in my life who are gamblers, like what they were going through and kind of understanding because Brent Musburger would always say, and that made some fans very happy, right? Like alluding to it before, before gambling was just, you know, what it is now where it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a social norm. Right. But at the time it wasn't. And Brent Musburger always saluted the gamblers. And I always appreciated that. And it just felt like a big game when he was calling it. You know what I mean? Like there's certain voices because of their legacy and how long they've been doing it. If they're calling it, it, it feels like a big game. And I hate to admit it because I know everyone, a lot of people hate them, but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I think are a great current duo. I feel like it's a big game. I think it sucks that they're on Monday night football and not the Fox game of the week call anymore. Um, because those Monday night football games are real hit or miss. Um, but when they're calling a game, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is big. So I have a, a correction in, in, uh, you put me on the spot. I panicked. It's not Vern Lundquist. They do sound similar, but it's Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. Great call. Yeah. The granddaddy of them all. Keith Jackson. You're absolutely right. Uh, what about current day? I think Mike Tirico is pretty solid. Yeah, I like Tariko. I would say I would say Greg on. Olson has really impressed me. Well, he's a color commentator. Okay, we're splitting hairs again. All no, right. we're talking play by play. Play by play is a totally different thing. Al Michaels. Al Michaels is still great. He seems more disinterested. I was uh, gonna say, well, he had he's, he's Thursday night football. Yeah, he's out to see man. Like <laughs> when he calls a Thursday night game, you can tell he's just collecting a check. He's already hundred percent. He's just like, I'm working for Amazon. This isn't even on television anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm, 
God, I would, like, I would say how many someone, grandkids does he have to put through school to take yeah, that job? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I how many divorces that, like, is he paying for? That is kind of like a utility guy as far as a uh, play-by-play. You kind of always see him around every different sphere. Is Dave Fleming? Yeah, that's a great call. Of Dave Fleming, like, I call like college football, Eagle, ba- baseball. Iron Eagle is great. Iron Eagle is another one that I really like. But Dave Fleming is making his mark, and he's really laying. A, a, He's becoming that multifaceted play-by-play guy who can do everything. Right. Dave um, Fleming's greatest ability is looking 28 years old for 20 straight years. <laughs> I don't know. He looked young when he started. He looks young now. And when he started, I was a teenager. So I know he's not young. <laughs> great, greatest play-by-play ginger announcer, Dave Fleming. Is he ginger? I thought he's more. Is he a ginger dude? He, if we're saying Boomer Esiason is a strawberry blonde, <laughs> Fleming <laughs> is not a fucking ginger. Look Dave up, Fleming look, is forty six years right now. Google, by the way. Hey, listen. In, not, today's, in today's world, you can identify as ginger even if you have blonde hair. All right. Okay, go back and look, John. He wasn't even strawberry blonde. Boomer Esiason was bleach blonde, just like was his he? son. Yeah, uh, maybe it's just because he played with the Bengals. All right. Yeah, you were, were you mixing him up with the red rifle? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but I to my point, name name the all-time ginger QB. You can't. Carson Wentz might be the best of all time. Steve Marinovich. <laughs> Actually, I would say red rifle. Andy Dalton is probably the best. Katie, Texas, baby. What about Red Grange? Red Grange. Was that a quarterback? Isn't that a yeah? Fuck? Yeah. He was Red a quarterback. Grange? Red Grange. And like I think it was the 1920s, maybe the 1930s. Oh my God, bro. He pretty much started the NFL, man. This isn't even fair because he no all the I'm pictures saying, are in black and white. I can't even prove I'm just it. saying he was he was iconic, dude. Like a babe. Okay, okay so let's, let's just let me just put it this way. I type in ginger quarterback and the no only- I, that's just off the top i'm actually reading a book uh <laughs> not just any book hold on to your seats it's uh what is it called uh it's called legends or i don't i don't even know what it's called uh but it's essentially about the five dudes that started the nfl uh it's art rooney tim mara um what's the giants Sounds sounds no, brilliant. It's, it's dude. great though. It's great. It literally goes through sounds like like it goes through Great Depression. It, it, it honestly is it's it's a great book. I'm, but I'm in a Great Depression. Red Grange. Red Grange. Right the story is told. <laughs> <laughs> Red Grange is what kept that league alive. All right, during the Great Depression. So shout out to Red Grange. Old Ginger Red. Dude, that's, I think and that's that, my folks, is how you wrap a show. Yes, sir. <laughs> I hate myself. I mean, you probably should. You really <laughs> just you 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 hyped up this book that you didn't know the title to. <laughs> then you named two of the five guys, couldn't remember the other three that started the NFL. And then George Hallis. George Hallis oh, is the other go. guy with the Bears. Uh Curly Lambeau with the Packers. <laughs> I, I don't know why I spaced on you that. You froze man. up, dude. You had your moment. Dude, I got so scared once I told you I was reading a book. I was like, oh shit, they're not gonna believe me. 
Uh, uh, game over, man. It's game over.